Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So I came across, uh, I'm sure many of you did, came across um, an op-ed by Frank Stronach, the founder of Magna International, uh, as we've been saying, one of Canada's largest global companies and inducted into the Automotive Hall of Fame, Magna International. The, uh, the op-ed by Mr. Stronach is titled The National Debt, a ticking time bomb for future generations. So it's the, the, the young ones, the kids of today and uh, those not yet born who will be extremely vulnerable if the governments of today don't take appropriate action. By the way, you may remember that Canada has the highest level of household debt in the G7 right now, which makes our economy quite vulnerable to what's happening, a global economic challenge, crisis. And that's according to uh, Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. Mr. Stronach, thank you very much for joining us. I'm a big admirer of yours. Oh, great. Always enjoy your show. Great to be with you. Thank you. So you write, Canada keeps digging itself deeper and deeper into debt thanks to out-of-control government spending and the increased interest rate we have to pay on the ballooning debt. It's an addiction, it appears. Well, there's a lot of problems. But let me, uh, first of all, I started in a garage and built up a company with 170,000 employees. I've been on the boards of universities, hospitals, banks. New York Stock Exchange Corporate Governance. So I accumulated a lot of experience and also was a member of parliament, right? I was for a short period of time. In but, but let me, uh, really, what, what it boils down to is, and we all agree on that, all the politicians agree, if the economy doesn't work, nothing else will work. You cannot feed the hungry, you cannot look after the most fragile people, the elderly, the sick, the handicapped, so we don't talk about it. What drives the economy? The economy is driven by three forces. Smart managers, hardworking employees, and investors. The message I want to get across is uh, workers have a moral right to some of the profits to help to generate. So that is absolutely necessary. And our debt, look, uh, we're not productive anymore. Let me give you an example. Many years ago, I think in the, in the early 80s, I put in a corporate constitution at Magna. The constitution, we, what, how we, how we divide up the profits. You know, uh, 20% of the profits went to the shareholders, then 10% to the workers, uh, 6% to management, 7% to research, 2% to charity, the rest was invested. When I put the charter in, the first year our profits were up about 40%. The second year they were up about 100%. The third year they were up 200%. What I'm trying to do to, to, to tell people is, Workers got to participate. They have a right, huh? They have a right to to do uh, to, uh, to accumulate uh, to participate in capital building. We're shutting them out. More and more money is, uh, is helped by fewer and fewer. So uh, you know we we could pay back to that fairly quickly if we if workers were be involved. And you underscore just how important that is, because you're right. According to the International Monetary Fund, the ratio 
between Canada's public debt and its gross domestic product is 105%. In plain English, this means that as a country, we now owe more money than the total value of all the goods and services we produce in a year. If Canada were a person or a business, the bank would already have called in the loan. So if we compare that to the charter that you put into Magna 40 years ago, no comparison. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Magna is actually more than a business, it's a culture. We call it the fair enterprise, the fair enterprise uh, economy. The basic philosophy on fair enterprise is the human charter of rights alone is not sufficient. We have to fortify it with an economic charter of rights. Economic charters of rights will lead to economic democracies, and economic democracies are the basis for democracy itself. Every time we have rights, there should also be responsibilities. We gotta have, we, we could pay back to that very quickly, but uh, the rights would be, uh, politicians should have the right to accumulate that. They must have balanced budgets. What formula would you, and you talk about it in the op-ed, but what formula would you say to governments, the federal government particularly, well, it's the federal government because they're, they're the ones who manage the, the national debt, supposedly, uh, what's the formula they must engage in to bring it down and bring the system, the whole situation, into a manageable reality? Well, we should make a commitment. Uh, uh, look, first of all, it doesn't, it, you can't solve a problem if you point fingers whose fault it is. And you can never go in with a chainsaw and, and think that doesn't work. So basically, uh, Canada should make a commitment that we want to pay back our uh, debt 5% per year. So doing that in 20 years, Canada would be debt free. And naturally, we got we got we have too much bureaucracy, too much uh, too much overhead, right? Uh, so uh, when the first computers came on the market about 50 years ago, the slogan was: When you get one of those computers, you can eliminate a total office for. When I, when I look at the cities, doesn't matter what's in Montreal, Ottawa, Vancouver, uh, Hamilton, Toronto, look, there's 20 times more office buildings now than 50 years ago. We have, we gotta reduce the overhead. So we got, when I work in the factory, I can, I can tell, I look if that factories make money or not. If there's too many, too many office jobs, uh, it doesn't matter how, how the, the, the workers on the factory floor work. It just, they just wouldn't make, so everything's gonna be in balance. So what we really need is an economic charter of rights and balance, huh? or responsibilities. And we have no time. We, we don't have any time to waste. Well, it, it is, we, of course, the time's running out, we think, yeah, but yeah, that'd be very sad, but there is, uh, you know, uh, what I enjoy most now, I give from the lecture series in the universities. Uh, uh, the theme is what would be the structure which leads to an ideal society. We have to collect it to do that. And it dawned on me the last few years. That be because I used to give a lot of lectures from Harvard right across America, right across Canada, right across Europe. So we, if we, if we can't, if we can't come up with the ideal structure, the ideal society. We got a problem. Mr. Stronach, before we talk about the federal debt and where it is and how much it is accumulating daily and monthly and what we're paying to service the debt annually, 
One of the pillars of success, economic success, that you mentioned when we started talking was investment. Looking at the realities of this country now, and there's such little enthusiasm to maximize one of our greatest strengths, and that's natural resources. The world still needs oil and natural gas. How difficult is it to attract really meaningful and uh, direction-changing investment? Well, it would start with, uh, I divide uh, large companies over 300 employees and small companies below 300 employees. Large companies, the law would say 20% of the profits of the company has got to go to them to workers. Now, small company, you take all the you take all the ra- all the chains off, right? There's only two rules they have to uh, apply uh, or, or or live with. One is workplace safety. You never want to have a work where somebody could lose some fingers or an arm or whatever. Right? It's workplace safety and the environment. You cannot dump uh, poison chemicals in your backyard. Otherwise, there'd be no gift. We need entrepreneurs. We got to show. You know, uh, we got to show what, what people can do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pure free enterprise. We need free enterprise. Yes. But it's very, it's very disruptive. It's very greed. Uh, look, we are born with a bit of a, with of a greed instinct. Uh, without greed, the uh, almost up and could not survive. But if greed, if it's large thing, it's, it's very destructive. Can we attract foreign investment to Canada, in, in the, given the state well, the country's in now? Enough here. We can do things, right? Mm-hmm. When you look back to 19... Well, we can do it ourselves. 1980, 1990, Christ, uh, you know, at that time I built about two, three factories a month. Now I wanted to open up a farmer's market. It takes me a few years. I still have no... The bureaucrats tell me how can you potatoes you can sell yeah. or how large the store could be. Yeah. So we have we gone way beyond, way beyond. So when when you came when you came to Canada, and you started Magna, how different an environment was it for an entrepreneur than it is today? Oh, huge! I mean, uh, look, I um, you know I I, I put five thousand dollars saved up. Uh, I rented a place on Dufferin on Dupont. Uh, and uh, I bought a few used mach- machinery on a down payment. Nobody, nobody, there was no, uh, all they went and they worked in the factory and I said, I'm very good in problem solving. If I can't solve it, you don't, you don't have to pay me. So I grew and grew, you know, the first, after one month I hired somebody, after a year about 10 people, two years, 20, five years, about 5,000, wow. 10 years, about 20,000. 30 years, 100,000, etc. You haven't done 170,000. A life well lived, and you've helped so many in this country. Well, it's uh, look, uh, I have uh, um, I have factories in 34 different countries in the world. That's I amazing. I could live in dignity in all of them. Yeah. I want to live here in Canada. It's, it's a great country. It's the last country left, which could be a role model for the world. Yeah. We've got to need economic charters of rights. So, so let's workers, look. Sorry, workers. The workers have the right to participate. We got to be capitalists out of the workers. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, sometimes it, if, you, if you appreciate, people will respond positively if there's a sense of appreciation for what they do. But if it's just expectation of more and more and more, and no sense of uh, thank you for what you're it, doing. It's, it, it, it's very simple. Workers on the front line, they know how to make things better. When they know, they get a cut, whatever they do. That's what drives the system. Yeah. Why we should have made lunch one of those days because you got a great way to simplify and get a certain message across that people understand. You know, and just time, a, at any time it would be interesting <laughs> to have lunch with you. Just in the last few minutes, you've given us the formula for beginning a business, growing it, growing it successfully, and maintaining loyalty and enthusiasm and support you've from the workforce. You've got to with the workers. Yeah, it's amazing. It's simple. Let me ask you this. If they, if they are in tangible terms, no, they get a cut of the profits. This is when they hustle. They look in the financial yep. paper, et cetera, et cetera. Business is easy. All you have to do is make a better product for a better price. But you can only do it if the heart of the workers is in. You as a manager got to prove every day that they respect you. If you be able to do that, you know, uh, Luck of the 170, I had not one ever that this grundled magnum employee. That's amazing. Because, the, you know, the, the, the principles are so strong, right? We, we audit the human capital besides the financial capital. We have a special process. By the way, whatever I do is open to the public, right? Because, uh, you know, uh, yes, I... I've always said, it doesn't matter how smart you are, if the stars are not aligned, it won't work. Life's been good to me, this country's been great to me, and I want to do my part. The, uh, Canada could be the greatest country. It's the last country. So let me ask you this. You write about the federal debt being at $1.225 trillion, growing at a rate of approximately $145 million per day, or about $4 billion per month. And you write the Fraser Institute, according to the Fraser Institute, the federal and provincial governments will spend a combined $69 billion on debt payments this year, up nearly $19 billion from two years ago. So governments say, well, that, a lot of that has to do with the pandemic. But you make the point, and this is, the, I think, the fundamental point of your, your op-ed, is this, this national debt is not dealt with, and you've provided the formula on how to take care of it in 20 years, it's the, the little kids of today who are going to be paying it for their whole lives. Well, you mean you're bankrupt. They would have, they would have a miserable life. I've never how, seen the other bank which, who would forgive your debt. Yeah. How, how confident are you that there exists the will and the determination in government in this country to run the, the government and the government debt as a business would, as you would? I, I'm, I'm still, um, you see, people had it, and it's, it's great when people, when, when, when life is good at them, et cetera, et cetera. We all strive for that. But, you know, when you look back at history, you always have society, you know, which achieved a certain high, and then they get kind of lazy, neglectful, and <clears throat> things start falling apart. We got to realize, if you, if, uh, <clears throat> You, you, you got to stay on top of it. You got to work. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. 
I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 